Welcome to Founders Time Podcast, where founders shine. Have you ever thought, I have this idea and I'd love to start a business. I'm just not sure how. Then you're in the right place. Founders Time aimed to inform and empower female vetpreneurs, military, veteran, and military spouses entrepreneurs by sharing actionable steps, tips, and resources to grow your business lean and smart. Everything you would need to start, scale, and succeed. Now, your host, Nierka Castaneda. Hello again. So this is Founders Time podcast. And right now we have the amazing Diana Elko with us. And she's going to tell us uh, the wonderful world of quality on how important it is on business. So you want to tell us a little bit? Yes, thank you, New York. I'm very happy to be a guest on your show and on your stage. I, um, I know we know each other uh, a little more than maybe most interviewers and interviewees because we've done some work together, a little bit of work. And I respect the work that you do and uh, especially the work that you're doing with the veterans. Um, but um, let me tell you a little bit about quality and, and where I'm coming from and why I'm interested in maybe starting a sort of movement of quality for smaller business owners, um, including veterans who are starting small businesses, because we really need to reach out and thank them because they do and have done a lot for our country. Um, my quality uh, improvement years started way back when I first started working, and I'm not going to tell you exactly how many years that was. Um, I, I have um, been involved uh, since uh, day one when I started working for a turbo machinery company, um, and I learned from one of the gurus of quality, actually, Philip Crosby. He has a place in Winter Park, Florida. You may have heard of it. Uh, it was called the um, Quality uh, is Free. It was the name of one of his famous books, Quality is Free. Uh, and he had a quality education system, they called it the QES. And I learned about all about that. And that's where the definition of quality came up because, you know, we don't all have the same definition of what quality is. And people would say, quality is shiny and bright and uh, Mercedes Benz is more quality car than a um, GMC Yukon. Although today they're probably saying a Tesla is more of a quality car. <laughs> but my point is people didn't really understand uh, what a good definition was. So therefore, if you can't even define it, you don't know what it is then or how it can impact your business. And I'm hoping, and this is many years later, uh, I'm hoping to help better define that and make it something that every small business owner can benefit from, not just the corporations that uh, realize that it's key for them getting business. The customer supplier relationship really depends upon um, you having a good quality management system in place. So quality, according to Philip Crosby, was meeting or conforming to the requirements. And that's a simple definition. And if people all think about it like that, um, meeting the requirements is really not that, you know, um, difficult to understand. But 
you need to know what the requirements are. And many people aren't really understanding their customer requirements, let alone what their own internal business requirements are. And um, when I started in this process with uh, quality management systems, I went from um, Philip Crosby's process and then I went into banking and I um, focused a little more on the team problem solving something back then that they even called uh, quality circles was big, but team problem solving and total quality management became really important because the people who do the jobs are the experts. If you have a, a group of employees working for you, you aren't necessarily the expert or I'm not necessarily the expert. The people who do that job over and over again can find ways to improve. So I've been through a lot of different uh, phases of quality. Then re-engineering became big and um, I moved on then to a um, mutual fund company from banking to mutual funds and we had a big total quality management process there like about a hundred teams were in place which was pretty cool and they found ways to improve whatever they did and what was interesting is all those little incremental improvements after it was all said and done ended up being something really big that impacted the company. And people would often ignore some of their ideas thinking that's not important, it's not a big deal, but all those little pieces that they could improve as you were probably focused on your own business, if you can make little improvements in the various processes that you perform, you can see big results. So then after um, the mutual fund company, I went into a, a staffing area, a national staffing company, and that's where I started with ISO 9001. And we had about uh, close to 50 offices across the country who followed the same processes. Think of it like a McDonald's. You know, if you go to a McDonald's in Florida versus Texas versus uh, New Hampshire versus Oregon, they all pretty much look alike, or they should, if they're standardized and they believe what they're doing is right. And so these offices that I worked with in the staffing company, we had a standardized process that worked. So we would make sure that everybody implemented it and followed it. So after so many years in staffing, I decided to start my own um, company, consulting practice called Improve It Consulting and Training. And I've been doing that now for uh, about 20 years. And what I've tried to do, Niorca, is take all the pieces from what I learned, because there was a lot I learned along the way, and I'm still learning, because uh, I don't know everything. Um, it's hard to, to um, learn everything, but I'm able to help clients because I have all those uh, pieces figured out from my past years of experience. And uh, that's what I try to do now, and I try, I'm trying, though, to move it from working with larger companies, such as the corporate companies, the corporate offices, and taking the important pieces out there that I think will benefit small businesses. And uh, doesn't mean that they need to get ISO certified. And um, we might wanna talk a little bit about what that is because most people don't, don't really know what ISO 9001 or any of the ISO standards are, um, but they're international quality standards that are very much um, practiced in the 
industries, various industries, not just manufacturing, I mean, service companies, healthcare, education, many of these uh, organizations, nonprofits benefit from these quality management systems. And so um, ISO 9001 isn't my goal with smaller companies, although nothing wrong if they want to go for it. I commend them because getting that certificate from the external body that comes in to put their blessing on your quality management system says a lot to any customer that you want to work with. They don't have to worry about auditing you and are you going to perform or are they making, taking a big risk working with you as a supplier. So I'm, I'm trying to build a movement of making quality more aware among the smaller businesses and then maybe moving them up as they want to, if they want to. But um, I have a, a four-step uh, proprietary process that I've created. And I think, Niorka, you've been through some of that because we work together a little bit uh, in one of the groups we belong to. Yes, and, uh, hmm? yes thank you for that. Yes, and I am very grateful to you because you were very interested in implementing it. And we took one of your, um, we took your core processes and we laid them out and um, I'll explain a little bit about my process since you've been through it. You can also add to that if you don't mind because you experienced it. But my, my four step proprietary process is um, first to map what you do. I call it map it, own it, improve it and measure it and the map it part is helpful because you better understand how does the order come in your company and how do you take it through the various channels that need departments or channels that it needs to go through and even if you're not a 10 20 person company even if you're just a one or two person company everybody needs to follow a process right and so that's what uh, we do first, what is your process? And then each of those processes, and I happen to have yours here actually. <laughs> and well, I mean, it was pretty cool. The customer order, you receive the order. Um, you know, I mean, it's basic, it's nothing too elaborate, but is it an inventory, your product? And if it isn't, then you have to reorder or remanufacture whatever you know you, you need to do to get that product back in the door then you have a very critical inspection part to your process. Does it pass your check, your quality check? If it doesn't, that's wor a worry, right? Because that's a non-conformance is what we call it in ISO language. And you wanna take the corrective action that you need to make sure it doesn't happen that way from your, your supplier that's giving you the product that you are offering. Then we talk about uh, packaging and shipping and, um, uh, and that's a very simple high level analysis, but you want to make sure your customers are happy with that. And there's, there are pieces within the major blocks of your company that you can improve. And you already identified some of those, I think, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, to have like a touch point uh, for the customers on every part of the process, right? Right. Uh, to open the communication between the customers and, and us you know, the business. Right. Um, so it does improve uh, the satisfaction and the, and the whole process overall. Right. 
And your goal is probably to reduce any errors in any of those processes, you know, errors in shipping, errors in maybe not getting the customer order correctly, um, errors with your suppliers that provide you the product. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there that, uh, do people address these usually? Well, sure, they have to, but do they focus on improving those areas? Not always. You know, sometimes, um, and I always like to tell the story of going into a restaurant and you're eating a, a nice meal, it's a fancy restaurant, you, you know, food comes out, maybe it's cold, or maybe the waiter is rude and um, it doesn't check on you to see if you need anything else. And you're unhappy. You're unhappy as a customer, but, and you may even complain. A lot of people don't complain, they just don't come back. They just say, I'm not going to that restaurant again. We have too many good restaurants to worry about uh, uh, experiencing that negative moment of truth in that restaurant. But if you do complain, this is what upsets me more because I get really passionate about recovery and, and, and the customer recovering, um, or the supplier, I should say, recovering for the customer. If you say, I want to talk to the manager. This was unacceptable. This meal was terrible. It was cold. The waiter was rude. They didn't give me what I wanted. I sat here for 30 minutes before they came back to refill our glasses. And um, they don't do anything. They say, oh, well, we had a rough night. Sorry. They said sorry, but is that enough for a customer to feel that they're you know, important enough for you to take action? or not to take action, Same what could have they done? I always say, what could have, what should have they done? And um, no, it might just be something as small as saying, desserts on us, or um, we're so sorry, we're gonna give you a coupon, come in the next time and we'll give you a free meal or something. Not to just say, well, hey, you know, that's the way it is, it happens. The, um, you know, it's your bad luck, it was just a bad night for everybody. And then I guess the customer or the suppliers there, the restaurant owners don't realize that you probably could have been a big loyal customer for life if they took that recovery action, if they recovered from that negative moment. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where you think about those things and wonder if it was done differently, it could have made a big difference. Yes, I think I think that's, um, that's very important. It usually is uh the customer that complain um the one that you want to because you convince them that it was just a mistake uh and that you listen to them and and you did something to correct that action um mm -hmm. now they become your loyal customers so that's worse usually they're the one that's going to sing your praises so they're going to be become your ambassador so it's you know, um, angry customers can sometimes be uh, a lifetime customer, right? Right. Loyalty. Loyalty. Loyalty is very important. It's priceless. Yeah. Right. Um, so. And, you know, they say that someone who um, is unhappy will spread the word much faster and at a greater level than even one person who's very happy. You know, when you're unhappy, you go and tell your friends, you tell your family, then they'll share the story if it's a really 
bizarre and unhappy situation. Negative moments of truth spread a lot faster even than great moments of truth. So you really need, we always need to be focused on the customer. And that's what quality management is all about. So that first step that I mentioned was mapping things so that you can really understand what is it that we do here? And what's the sequence, the, the order in which it needs to be done and follow it through. And the next step after all that is who should do it? You know, do you have the right people in the right job? Um, of course, if you only have two people, it's between you and your, one of your team members, or if you have a handful of people, you wanna make sure they fully understand what they need to do. Um, or do they have job descriptions? They don't have to be like 20 page job descriptions, but do they understand what's expected of them so that they can do their job correctly? And if they don't, then that's a, that's a problem just waiting to explode. Um, so it's own it. And the leader of the company has to motivate their team and make sure they treat them with dignity and respect. It's not just doing the job right, it's, it's respecting them for their knowledge and their competence and helping them to see what they can do uh, better to help uh, everyone in the company. So owning it is really important. And that's why we go from map it to own it. And um, the third step is improve it, which is really the heart of the process. Uh, and that's where we say, okay, are you having a lot of errors in one particular um, part of your company? Do you feel that you uh, have too many supplier errors coming in the door? Maybe you need to look for a new supplier and better evaluate them, assess, do an assessment on them better so that you know that you're getting what you want from them. It's kind of like your customer does with you as you're, you're the supplier to them. They make sure that you really carefully review it and do what you need to do. But the um, improve it part can take many steps. A lot of people will base their improvements on customer feedback, on their own knowledge within their business. Um, you know, if their team members have better ways that they come up with on how to do things, they might come up with improvements just based on industry-wide practice but they always have to be looking for improvements because it's those incremental improvements. If you can't make them, you're not gonna get to the top of the heap. You're just gonna be in the status quo and become a mediocre company instead of an excellent company. So the improvement process is something that I put a lot of time and effort into and team problem solving is a part of that really. You know, to come up with a root cause of why something happened so you don't see its ugly face again. Mm -hmm. um, then the fourth step, uh, Niorca, would be measuring it. Because just because you implement something new or different to improve a process doesn't mean that you were effective. You know, improving something isn't really, um, you know, the only way. Uh, I mean, you can say you've improved something, but if you can't measure it and see the results, then you really aren't achieving what you thought you need to achieve. Hi. Could we take just a second break? One second break. Is this easy to do or not really? Yeah, I can pause it if you want. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just we measured, and that's the fourth step, the measure it process. If you see improvements, errors are reduced, customers are happier. You know, we need to survey our customers, make sure that they're happy with what we do. And a lot of people 
don't really want to survey their customers. They see that as a big thorn in their side. Um, so we have to make it easier. You have a chance to talk with a customer. You don't have to send them a big survey. You can just say, hey, how are we doing? On a scale from one to 10, if one is awful and 10 is outstanding, where would you rate me? Um, and they'll, they'll open up and they might say, well, I really love what you do, but you were late on that last delivery and I really needed it a week earlier and I wish you could work, you know, focus on better on-time delivery. And they might have some other ideas. We gotta listen to the customer, that's key. But that's the four step process. And uh, there's a lot more involved with quality management, but I'm hoping that those four steps can at least get smaller business owners started, get them started on this journey toward improving the quality of their business. So for, for example, for a business, uh, um that maybe is looking to do business with the government uh, that is big on quality and is big on standardization. Um, you know, that's something that they might be uh, looking to, um, to start in mm -hmm. their own companies because it's a competitive advantage that that's it right. provides them. So right. what, is, what is how they start the process, how they, um what is an estimate or of the cost because as a small business they will have to budget for it um so what do you think will be the best way to start it well typically i do one-on-one -on -one coaching with clients and that can vary anywhere from you know you know, in terms of money, I mean, uh, depending on how complex their product and service would be and how, if they design a product, we have to address design. But anywhere, I wanna say anywhere in the ballpark of say uh, 12 to 20,000 for a small, smaller business to get going. But that's me showing up at their facility and dedicated to them or dedicated to them solely. What I'm trying to do is take parts of this process and make it more affordable to them early on um, through this four-step process by doing, I'm hoping to do a digital course. Um, I'm hoping to do a, um, uh, a group mastermind kind of class, coaching mm -hmm. mastermind. And then, um, then we say, if you're a big company and need one-on-one -on -one coaching, then we go to that third level, if you will. And, um, you know, it can happen over time. It doesn't have to all happen within six months. You could start off smaller, build it, and then in a two-year period, you could have certification. Or the other advantage is really just seeking compliance. We call it compliance, meaning a third-party registrar, which is how the ISO certification occurs, um, wouldn't have to come in and do the audit. Uh, but you can get an auditor, and I do audits, I do internal audits for companies, and I would um, assess or make certain that you've met the requirements and write a uh, document, write up a document or letter that says I've audited this company and they meet all the requirements of ISO 9001. Uh, they are in compliance with the standard. That doesn't mean you get a certificate from a registrar, 
But honestly, if you've come as far as getting in compliance, you might as well get certified if you're, you know, feel that it's of value to you. Some people are frightened of the certification process because they think, oh, these auditors are going to come in and it's going to, they're going to dig into my information and I might be missing something that isn't uh, meeting the standard as it should be. Um, but I have worked with many, many clients over the past, you know, 20 years. And honestly, Niorka, I never, I mean, if anything, maybe one finding from an auditor, they've passed with flying colors because we make sure they are doing everything they need to do. We don't leave any doors open, if you will, or any gaps. Are you gonna always be able to find one mistake? Yes, probably. I mean, if a person digs deep enough, they, they could probably find something, but that's just a minor, minor nonconformance, they call it. And uh, you take immediate corrective action and you're clear. You know, you've reached, you can fix that immediately and make sure that uh, hopefully it doesn't happen again. But um, so I'm, I'm trying to open this up for, say, the smaller business, veteran owned business or people who don't really aren't ready yet for ISO certification, but really want the benefits of it. Why can't they get them? You know, I mean, that's my whole idea. It, um, and I'm not trying to put the registrars out of business. I work very closely with them and I am all over ISO certification, but the very small companies may not, number one, may not yet understand it, don't understand the value of it until they see some of this happening and taking place to change their business. Once they see that, they might be wanting more. Maybe they won't, but the idea is they at least have a quality management system in place that works for them. You know, I mean, it, it, if implemented correctly, it'll work for them. And I guess um, if you want me to, I can share with you, you know, a lot of my clients, um, like today with COVID, I mean, we feel out of control in some respects because we can't control this virus to say, stay away. You know, I mean, we try to protect ourselves, but just like in people's businesses, um, the owners of the business lose control in some ways. And they may not even realize it's easy to get that control back. And that's what I'm aiming to do with what I'm offering because there's no reason your business should be out of control. Um, there are ways to control the risks and there are ways to um, reach out. I mean, you can see there's lots of opportunities out there as you do with your business model. And, um, you know, they'll say to me, many of my clients will say, hey, Diane, um, we can't seem to meet the customer's requirements. We have a lot of mistakes. We have a lot of errors and those errors take time to correct, and we're losing our profits because of the rework we have to do, or the, uh, you know, uh, we have to uh, pay extra freight charges because a customer has to send something back, uh, the product is under warranty, and we aren't meeting their requirements. Or maybe they don't really understand their customers' requirements. That's a possibility too. But they say, you know, our, our customers aren't happy, we're losing customers, our employees aren't necessarily happy because they don't understand what they need to do. Remember we talked about job descriptions and clearly defining what an employee needs to do. And if they don't understand what's expected of them, 
how are they going to get you to the next higher level in your business? Because um, you're not um, identifying what really needs to be done by them, or they're not the right person, maybe because they're not competent in their skill levels. But, um, you know, they'll say, we're out of control. We, we are losing money. We don't know what should be done, how it should be done. We're not sure how to make improvements. And all of these questions can be answered if they learn about the quality management system. And um, my four-step approach really does help them to see that clearer. And um, then they can see that monies and revenues will be theirs if they put in some time to address all this. Uh, it doesn't have to be something that's so difficult that no one wants to address it. You know, sometimes people just walk away from an improvement opportunity because they think it's too hard to do. It's too, um, you know, ISO or not ISO necessarily, but any quality management process is not that hard. It just takes some dedicated effort and someone like myself who can, um, who's been doing this for many years to lead you down the right path. And um, once it's rolling, the results can be very big. And I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping to achieve. I, I, um, I haven't always felt I can control everything in my personal life, but I can control business processes. And that's where I am best, if you will, in terms of my expertise. So I'm hoping I can share that with others and allow them to experience the best results for their business. Well, I think that's very important, right? Um... Just because you're small, it doesn't mean that you add to a small. And a lot of these big business, they invest money and they invest time on getting mm -hmm. all these certifications. And there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a standard, there's something about standardization and, and about to getting quality. I know when I was in the military, the military is big on a standardization and they always have an after review making sure that the process work why it didn't work and they have corrected action right then and there right. and, and it becomes a habit right it right. becomes a habit on the organization where um everybody on the team uh, know what to expect and what to correct and and they pretty much become the enforcers of, of the system or the order that it is. It doesn't mean that it's perfect because there's no such thing as perfect, but there's something that people, they, they know what to expect. Right. You know, and, and I think that's very important. Um, so especially, you know, are you offering that opportunity to a small business? Because, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business, they start with an idea mm -hmm. and they might have some business education. They might have some formal education. Um, sometimes a lot of small business don't have any education whatsoever. They just have an idea and they start going and they just go with God instant. And, mm. and I think that's what a lot of them fail because yes, you need to start with an idea, but you need to start kind of incorporate the fundamentals as well in order That's to right. make it sustainable That's in order right. to last a long the long time 
and, and it takes time and it takes a team. Um, sometimes we cannot afford. Right. Uh, We're the team sometimes. Yes, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean when people talk about team, it doesn't necessarily mean employees. They're very important, but maybe starting up, you cannot afford them, but you can partner up with organizations. You can partner up with, uh, with mentors and, and with people that can, that can show you the way. And especially right now, um, you know, a video course is awesome because everybody's online and it can so you can serve thousand people instead of just one because I know mentoring takes time and you can duplicate yourself so many times mm -hmm. That's with right. a, you know with a video course you can do that you can actually duplicate yourself um, right. so that's that's a great alternative I think and, and there's a lot of mystery to be honest I, I've been looking into that that's one of the topics I've been looking into and there's a lot of mystery in how to start the process uh, it's either uh, they don't give you any details really um, you start okay you need to get it but they don't even know you tell you how to get it so uh, I think that's very important um, and, and you mentioned a good word um, just a minute ago expectations you know um, and I, I think much of the problem goes back to that definition of what is quality. It's meeting the requirements and those requirements are often the expectations that our customers have. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know what those expectations are, how can you be a good supplier customer team? You know, yeah. It's a beneficial relationship, the supplier and the customer. They can't communicate clearly to each other. You are uh, left in the dark and they will not be happy and they'll leave you as a customer. So that's, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said expectations have to be understood, not only within your internal team, but your external team that you work closely with. And don't you agree that we're, uh, especially today, we work with a lot of different people in a lot of different communities, even though we might be focused and have a niche for our business, um, it really is important to make sure all those people that can contribute in some way understand where we're headed and also agree that they are trying to support us in what we're trying to do for suppliers and customers. And, you know, it's all, it's so, everybody's so intricately connected today, especially with the internet and everything that we have going with video and Zoom and all that, that, um, you know, it's, 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 COVID is a crisis, but it also opened many doors for many people. And now I think those people who were fearful of using the uh, Zoom, video, YouTube, um, Facebook, or Instagram, they're finding that's one way to communicate and to make certain that you are reaching your target audience and the people that need to hear your story. You know, and, and what I say, um, Niorca, is I, I don't think that um, a performance model for success is that hard to achieve, but it's because I know all the little tools and techniques and, and uh, pieces of information that a small business can implement. I mean, 
you know, I, I address not only the customer focus, but the vendor relationships, the supplier relationships, the standardized work processes, uh, improving your staff's morale and productivity, talking about owning the job that they perform and making it better, uh, cost reductions, efficiencies, uh, best practices, continual improvement, measuring, better communication. It all adds up to all the benefits of a good performance model. And even if you just did a little bit better in each of those areas, you'd be amazed at the results. I mean, I've seen it over many customers over many years, and I know that um, quality improvement and continual improvement is key to success. And I, um, I, I will tell people, hey, you can go, you know, they tell me what their problems are and they're out of control and all these issues we talked about previously. And I will say, well, if you don't make a decision to move forward, you'll remain that way. And what will happen in a few years? That's your decision. But you can make a decision to move forward and implement quality and your results can be outstanding. And um, it's, it's all that effort and time that we want to put in to our business that makes it better. And if we can't do that, then maybe we shouldn't be in business either because um, we might lose because we become stagnant. And improvement, especially today, we're, we're all learning how to pivot our, our work because we can't show up necessarily at people's sites. We're learning ways to do things easier, faster, better. And that's what the process improvement with quality is. Learn to do things easier, faster, better, and cheaper. And then you get better results, more revenue, more profitability in your business. Um, it's all very much uh, a proven method. So I hope that I can reach out and communicate that with the people who need it and want it. I mean, you have to want it. It's not something that you just say everybody's meant for this, but you have to want it and you have to make it happen. And I think that I can really reach out to those people and help them see the success that maybe they um, didn't realize they could do because they didn't understand what quality management was. I have to define that and identify these pieces for them first. Because I know when I talk about um, quality management, people will say, what do you do? Quality management? What is that? What is quality? You know, and like we started this conversation off, we need to define it. It's meeting the requirements. It's nothing that highfalutin that people can't relate to it. I think one way to define it is, um, you know, you just look at the Japanese. They have a zero defect policy uh, to the point, um, I forgot what was the company, um, they're very strict. Uh, so somebody wanted a 99% or a 98% defect. So they went back and they had to smash some of the <laughs> equipment used to make it to 98% because they had a hundred percent no defect. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, that's, we all would want zero <laughs> defect. I mean, and that's one of the things that was the definition zero defects yeah. Um, yeah but we know that sometimes can't always happen but we strive for it we can strive for it nothing yeah. wrong with that yeah and they definitely focus on that that's what the uh, fundamentals of six sigma and 
and ISO and all these yeah. other uh, certifications that are used, they just become the foundation of your business. Because I don't think we should plan for five years or to last five years or to last a year. We should yeah. plan to last a thousand years. It's possible. There's actually yeah. Japanese companies that have been around a thousand years. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and it doesn't, it takes planning, it takes effort, and it takes uh, thinking of the big picture. Um, not use the quick, short run for the money. Absolutely. Uh, so you've got the attitude, and that's what a lot of this is. It's a, um, it's an attitude too. Mm -hmm. um, it's like you and I want to improve our business, but if we don't have the right attitude, we're not going to make the progress uh, that we need to. We have pieces of things that we never even considered before that now we're considering that any business can benefit from. So we all need to sit back and say, what is it that we really need to improve? And um, uh, an improvement process such as quality management um, should help us to do that if we're implementing it right and correct, you know, correctly. So, yeah. yeah. It's definitely, um, it's definitely very important. So I think you're, you provide a, a very needed service and I thank you for that. Um, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I um, am working to improve the way I reach the people who need it and being on your podcast on your show um, is one way I can do that. So I appreciate the time that we've spent together today, Niorka. Yeah, and I think this is something that we can have multiple conversations about it, right? Yes, there's so many different facets that we can discuss. Um, I mean, one of the things that I'm really passionate about, as you gathered, was the customer service end of it, how important good customer service is. I don't know about you, but I'm, um, I'm not happy when I can't uh, get a problem solved on uh, anything that I've ordered or any service that I've purchased. And uh, I don't wanna spend hours on the phone talking to people who s send me to the next person and say, oh, now you need to go to this person. And I, I don't wanna do that. It's gotta be easy. It's gotta be easy and it's gotta be friendly. It can't be an antagonistic relationship. Customers are king. Even when they're, you know, that we always say customers are right even when they're not right. Because they're the customer. They're your feedback. They're your metric. Um, if they're not satisfied, that means you're doing something totally wrong. Right. Uh, because they're a reflection of the service that you're providing. Right. So, yeah. It's very important. And without a customer, you don't have a business. That's right. You got it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Um, so it was an honor to have you. Um, oh, thank you. Do you have any... Anything that you want to tell our customers how to find you or something that you want to promote that you uh, value them? Uh, yes, I, I do have a website and uh, all of my information to reach me is on my website. And that website is called improveitsolutions.com. Great name. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so um, it's easy just to give that. I mean, I could give them an email or whatever, but uh, improveitsolutions.com is how they can reach me. And I actually visited your website and it has a lot of great information on it. So well, thank you. That's awesome. And you and I will continue to talk because I'm, um, I would like to help your business. You've got a great intention there to help veterans. And my father being a 99, he passed away a few years ago, but he was 99 years old and served in the U.S. Navy. And I respect what you're doing. So let me know how I can further help you. I'll be happy to help you out. Thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, continue working together. And have you okay. as a guest again soon. Thank you, New Yorker. Right. Take care. You too. And this was from this time podcast um, with a, another excellent guest. Um, Thanks for joining me for this episode of Founders Time Podcast. Remember, subscribe to our newsletter at founderstime.com for more tips and tricks on how to make your podcast great. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts.